Who starts a business? Let's get into the mind of an entrepreneur. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio. This show's theme, Inside the Mind of a Bootstrapping Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Daniel Laxtons. And this is Leah Laxtons. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show presented by 30careers.com. Don't forget to visit 30careers.com or the radio show site, dreamjobradio.tv, where you can keep up to date with all of our future guests, subjects, uh, topics, and who's going to be on the show. And you can leave a comment there, or if you'd like to tweet Leah or me, you can tweet me at Daniel Laxton's or at Leah Laxton's. That's right. So today's uh, theme, Inside the Mind of a Bootstrapping Entrepreneur, our special guest is Brant Page. Now, Brant Page is the founder and CEO of Lunch. Brant was named the Emerging Executive of the Year by Utah Technology Council and the Governor of Utah. American Express selected him to advise their national open forum Pulse on Twitter. Brant was also nominated for the Inc. 30 Under 30 Award in 2010 and was elected into the 2010 and 2011 Spring Capital Top 100 Venture Entrepreneurs. Brant's here with us today, so let's listen as Brant describes his journey as a Generation Y entrepreneur. Brant, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thanks guys for having me. Yeah, so we're really uh, interested in your company. It's, we always say that entrepreneurs are the best shows that we have, and we're very excited to know more about you. But we mentioned in the beginning that you're the founder and CEO of Lunch. Now, tell us more about Lunch and how you know, what, what you guys do there. Absolutely. So the the complete name is Launch Leads. Uh, so you know, LaunchLeads.com is our website. We actually just got a brand new website taken mm -hmm. care of, and uh, so that's kind of a fun thing to take a look at. It's all HTML5, all the new technology, full screen video, everything oh, like fantastic. that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So uh, we just got. We actually started in January of 2009. So we'll be hitting our three-year marker here um, in January. And uh, you know what? What we do, at least to give you our little elevator pitch, or you know, 30-second yeah. uh, view. Love the elevator launch, pitch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we do in life is fill our clients' sales pipelines with qualified leads and scheduled sales opportunities, wow. so actual appointments. So in essence, we're doing the heavy lifting of the sales cycle. So uh, you know, we're doing the prospecting, the cold calling, the lead qualification, and if a decision maker of a potential you know, client for one of our uh, customers or clients, if they fit certain criteria, then we're going to be able to schedule an appointment with our client and that decision maker. And, you know, we run off of a pay for performance model. So our clients only are paying for a highly qualified appointment with a decision maker who's interested to talk to them. Wow. Wow. That's, and, that's fantastic. I can see where, why you've excelled so much. <laughs> well, we, we found, we definitely found a need. I, I've yeah. been in sales my entire life. And sales, if you've ever done sales, anybody out there, you always know there's never enough in a quantity of leads or quality of leads. That's right. And we, we've set out to become, and luckily we've, we, with our track record, have become 
the industry leader in the quality aspect of business-to-business leads and appointments. Wow. And that's what's been, been very unique. So, you know, most of our clients are all in the B2B technology, software technology type niche. That's been our uh, even uh, more focused uh, that's amazing. area. But how do you, um, you know, depending on which market you're in, or say if you get a client and they specialize in, oh, biology or something, you know, sometimes you have to know some lingo in qualifying a lead or something. Or how do you guys go about the information gap? that there could be if uh, one of your salesmen or, you know, how you go to market, how, how do you make up for that part, you know? Absolutely. And that's, that's a question we get all the time. It's actually on our frequently asked questions uh, on our website right there. <laughs> well, so that's, that's a good one. Well, yeah, it's um, like I, I need – I'm a rocket scientist and I need help. <laughs> <laughs> so the nice thing is what we do is we actually don't need to become experts in our clients' products or services. What we do do is we know enough to be dangerous. And, and here's the reason behind it is our process and methodology is to be representing our clients on the phone. So if, if, we were, uh, if you guys were a client, for example, I would say, hi, my name's Brant Page. I'm from dreamjobradio.com. And we're rep- representing you so that our email signature looks like yours, the email address is yours, that a dedicated 1-800 number, is yours. So we become your company. So that's step number one. And then step number two is we go in the actual phone call. When we work with gatekeepers, you know, when we're calling into these different businesses all over the country, we work with these gatekeepers and we get through to the decision makers. And our entire purpose of the call is to number one, find out who the right person is to talk to, because that's obviously one of the hardest parts. And then number two is to qualify that person. And our clients usually give us up to four qualification questions. So we will ask that decision maker these four qualification questions. And if they answer in the affirmative, then we will schedule that appointment. And so in the schedule appointment, we'll share the calendar with our clients so we're not double booking them. And they're able to have a telephonic appointment, typically 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes on the phone, and you know they're able to close a deal of twenty five thirty fifty a hundred and fifty five hundred thousand dollars um through these introductions and appointments we're giving them uh, what's been amazing is we've just gotten a few case studies back they'll be up on our site soon that one of our clients has closed twenty two percent of all of the appointments we've given them. They've been a client for now two and a half years. They were able to tell us that seventy five percent of their two thousand and eleven New revenue came directly from launch leads. Wow. 75%. That's something. That's unbelievable. So one neat thing is that we've prided ourselves in having video testimonials on our website. We just think that, you know what, if we can differentiate ourselves, one way is to have real people talking about us mm-hmm. in, in an unbiased way. Definitely. Um, obviously, I'm biased. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> We live in the age of video now, it seems. Yeah. Video is everything. So, it's true. But anyway, so the whole reason why we don't have to become experts is because when we are getting into that phone call with the decision maker, we will defer some of the high tech questions to the, you know, our client. So we would say, um, you know, hey, that's a fantastic question, Mr. Decision Maker. Why don't we get Bob, you know, who is the VP of business development or whatever that from our client to answer that question Wednesday at two o'clock? He is the expert. My job is here to schedule an appointment between you two. 
So we're able to actually build value in the appointment instead of trying to, to pretend like we're the experts because we're not. Do you have a little bit of information on the company then when you're, you're making these appointments? Absolutely. So that yeah. way you so we've, we've, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, they absolutely. So we, we try and uh, data mine to get as much information as possible in those potential prospects. Um, and then, of course, we've got all kinds of information on our clients um, with, you know, and training that we go through and, and uh, objections they've received in the past and how we can overcome them. And it's, it, we want to become a long-term partner. I mean, that's really the whole idea. And, and in, in my entrepreneurial career, you know, becoming an essential part of a client has been critical for us. We, we want to be a long-term partner, not, a, not do a quick project and get out. But like I said, this, that case study I told you about, two and a half years. We've only been in existence three years. So to have a client that's been with us almost since day one is, is huge uh-huh. for us. Well, it seems like you've really uh, carved out a great niche for yourself too because cold calling is definitely way down on the list of things a salesperson wants to do. You know, I think <laughs> salespeople are always great at closing the deal, but it's that setting up the appointment that's you know just such a hassle. So fantastic niche market it sounds like that you've it picked really out. Is. Well, yeah. I mean, again, you said it's probably close to the bottom. It is definitely the bottom, (laughs) right? I mean, nobody likes to do it. And so it's fun for us to be able to tell our client, look, you've got these highly paid sales executives. Just let them do their, what they do best and close deals. Let us do the rest, the heavy lifting, let them, let us get them in the door. And if the, if the opportunity that we just scheduled for you isn't qualified up to the standards we'd agreed upon, you don't pay us. That's the greatest part. So anyway, that's, like that's my like soapbox. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I feel a whole nother show uh, that we can do with you, Brant, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But we do want to get inside your head a little bit. As an entrepreneur sure. who's been successful, can you tell us, when did you first know that this entrepreneur journey was for you? When did you first think or know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Uh, I, I love that question because I, I come from a family of, of uh, professionals. So, you know, uh, father's a doctor, uh, specifically a podiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my brother's now a, an ENT doctor. Uh, you know, my other brother's an attorney. Um, uh, my sister, who, you know, who she married, he's a dentist. Mm-hmm. None, of my, none of my siblings, none of my uncles, none of my uh, family members were ever entrepreneurs. So I, I didn't even know what that word meant until I went to college. Uh, to be totally, I mean, that's how naive. Uh, I really didn't have a clue into the tech world, into the entrepreneurial world. You know, uh, I, I've always been a sales guy, but I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. That word, you know, hadn't even gone in my vocabulary yet. So You can safely say would, that you you have good health and, and good teeth, but you don't know what an entrepreneur is. Because <laughs> of family, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The family always took care of us. But, but you know, it, when I got to college, so I, I went to BYU. Uh, Brigham Young University, absolutely love the school. They've got one of the best uh, places for entrepreneurs. Uh, huge amount of mentors, huge amount of, of uh, you know, help at local businesses that are trying to help these entrepreneurs. Anyway, they've, they've won a few times, uh, you know, top, you know, places to, to have a startup kind of a thing. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Had my, I was able to get involved in my very first startup at age 21. I had just returned back from a two-year stint as a volunteer uh, missionary, actually, in Brazil. Wow. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Living, living in Brazil for two years on my own dime, 
Uh, I was able to learn Portuguese, uh, speak it fluently, absolutely love the Brazilian people. But I had just come back from that and was was just shocked to know that texting was popular and Facebook it was was kind of an idea at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just this whole new world of technology. And I had a few guys come to me and say, you know, hey, we've heard that you're a phenomenal sales guy. We want you to partner with us in a company. Um, and, and we specifically imported office furniture. It was very unique. You know, I didn't have a clue yeah. what, the, what the heck we were doing. We were all college students, uh, all 21 at the time, uh, six of us. And we really just uh, said, you know what, let's do it. And we just <laughs> started selling, you know, these imported office furnitures. And then we became the wholesaler and my job was ended up traveling around the country uh, and hired manufacturers reps. We got up to about 40 manufacturers reps to represent our product. And long story short, I sold my ownership about two years later, got a little bit of cash, uh, was able to get a whole bunch of chairs. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I knew from that point I would never want to do anything else. Being an entrepreneur was, and so at age 21, you could say it was that point, where I fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship and, and really learned, uh, you know, we were able to do a few uh, college competitions and took fourth and third place in the Entrepreneur of the Year. And wow. there's, a, you know, the top 10 entrepreneurial challenge in the state of Utah. We were in the top 10. So that just got the fire burning. Uh-huh. And uh, I, knew I, I knew I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pass that opportunity up. So that's, that's kind of where it got stuck. That's impressive. It really is. You're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. We're speaking with our special guest, Brant Page. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's the CEO of Launch. It's Launch uh, Leads, right? Yeah, Launch Leads. Launch Leads. So, you know, we, um, we, we've talked to some entrepreneurs, but not always from Generation Y. Uh, but you are, you're Generation Y, right? Absolutely. 28 years old. So that's awesome. Well, so you're just at the beginning of Generation Y. That's cool. Yeah. So, but what excites you about your current generation of young entrepreneurs? Well, there's some good and bad things. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the good things, you know, is that social media technology is embedded in our wiring. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that is all part of our lifestyle. Communication. There is nothing private anymore. Gen Y is completely open. Privacy doesn't mean anything. So there are pros and cons with that, right? If you're embedded in technology and communication with with people through social media, you're going to have an advantage over anybody um, that are going into those related fields, which obviously are pretty hot right now. Um, The the downside is that I think we're all ADD. (laughs) When when you've got YouTube and you've got Facebook and you've got your texts and you've got your – you know, you're distracted – by any shiny thing that passes your way. So a, a huge thing that I've, had to, that I've really had to, uh, to do is to focus. Um, you know, in our business of B2B lead gen and appointment setting, uh, you know, with launch leads, we could end up offering 25 different products or services. But we have really narrowed it down and had to force ourselves to focus on our core competency of doing the inbound lead qualification for people who have web-based leads or the outbound cold calling prospecting to do the uh, appointment setting. We just narrowed it down to those key aspects. And I feel like there's a lot of Gen Y entrepreneurs that get out here and they start on one idea and they go full force and then they see a shiny object fly by them (laughs) 
and they say, oh, no, I've got to get a, I've got to be a part of that. And so they jump ship and they try. You know, I've got a few friends of mine right now. They're trying to accomplish three, four, five businesses at the same time. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I can't even barely focus on my one business, let alone explore five or six all at the same time. So in my opinion, the Gen Y needs to learn how to focus. Uh, pick a good idea. You know, if, if you choose to be an entrepreneur, make sure that you do a little bit of research and then prove it. And honestly, how you prove it is through sales. If you can't prove your business idea, even before you've built a product, you need to sell it and have somebody actually pay you money and then you can deliver it. I know that sounds very strange for people, but it's a principle I was taught by my mentors. It's called sell design build you sell your idea first before you even have it you know figure it out because then you can understand what the customer actually wants so if you can sell your idea meaning go to going to a potential customer and say if i can provide x what other kind of things would you want with it because you haven't built it yet so you can actually ask that mm -hmm. instead of what most people do is they build their product first and then they go to the customer and they say how can you squeeze within this square hole or, you know, with a circle peck, it's, or, uh, you know, circle hole, hey, one of those, whatever the, how that, wherever yeah. that goes, yeah. and, you know, they go opposite and it's, and it really kills a lot of entrepreneurs without just selling first, then you can design it and then go ahead and build it. No, I think you definitely hit something on the head there because so often we see businesses that fail and we sort of look at it and go, well, how did they ever think that was going to make money? I mean, yeah, it's a great product or great service, but who would pay X, Y, Z, you know, just even the, the one that always comes to my mind is like the, we sell it on eBay store. Cause I always, just the first time I looked at that, I was like, okay, <laughs> their cut and this cut and this cut. Yeah. That's not gonna, that's hmm, not gonna work. Not a sustainable business <laughs> yeah, but, plan. Yeah. But that's a, a fantastic point to think of it. First, what is a person going to pay for XYZ or even what does the customer need? That's a great way to come up with yeah. products. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you know what the customer wants, well, it's really easy to sell them something, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you can come up with a solution to a problem they have, most of the time they're going to buy it. And, uh, you know, for a startup entrepreneur, you know, in any generation, if they can truly focus on selling their product or, or service first, they will never fail. Because guess what? If their product sucks, they're not going to sell it, so they'll do something else. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. One of the truth is, is that when you're selling it first, uh, then you're not going to waste a lot of time in the design phase because uh, sometimes we design things like three or four times before it actually uh, goes the to right. the right thing because you're like, oh, crap, and I, and I patented this one. You know, <laughs> you, waste, you waste a lot of time and money. That's you know? right. Yeah. And in the tech world, people call that pivot, right? In, in our business, launch leads, we've pivoted three different times. You know, we, we started in one direction and six months later we pivoted. You know, we made a pivot. You know, we, we went another six or seven months and figured out, oh, we got to change our, our pricing model or our, our, you know, this piece of our business model. So we, we pivot. And, you know, we, we've done that three times in three years. And guess what? That's been the best possible thing we could have ever done. If we would have stuck with what we did day one in my living room, you know, with, with uh, the, the guys in my living room as we did this little startup bootstrapped out of my own pocket, um, we would have failed miserably. But, uh, you know, luckily we've been able to grow and, and see about 250% year-over-year growth. Wow. Well, because we've been open, yeah. We want to ask you some more about that bootstrapping as well. 
Do you uh, have advice for the entrepreneurs out there that are looking for financing or trying to bootstrap it on their own? You know, maybe which direction to go or how to find financing or come up with the funds? Absolutely. So, you know, got to give a shout out to some some uh, local friends here called Lendio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some good guys. They've got some great resources for small business funding and things like that. But to be totally honest, what I was taught now on my advisory uh, panel, I've got a couple VCs, I've got a few angel investors, and not I haven't taken a dime from any of them. Wow! And this is this is the key. That's is it? Is because, this, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're totally I'm sorry. As you can tell, I'm passionate about this stuff, right? <laughs> well, I was going to say, is it because of the type of business that you started that you don't need the investors? But then you're getting ready to answer, so I'll, I'll hold back. <laughs> You're exactly right. So I, I am lucky because in a, in a more service-oriented – now, we are infused with technology, but we're more of a service-based you know, business. Mm-hmm. So we didn't necessarily have to build a technology to get started. So, so yeah, that's one reason we didn't have to take funding. But the other reason is that these VCs, they came and – you know, they're, uh, they're mentors of mine and uh, uh, was able to go with, to them with the idea. And they said, look, you can grow off of client revenue if – you sell first, just like we talked about those, that three-step process, sell, design, build. They said, go sell first, collect some checks, and then deliver. And I was able to do that. And since day one, we've run off of our own client revenue, haven't had to take funding. And for other entrepreneurs out there, sure, if you're going to build a technology product and you have to hire 10 programmers, unfortunately, you're stuck with giving up a lot of your company and taking funding. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but you just have to understand that you are going to give away control of your company. And uh, it, it's, it's just a tough reality to come into to play. And if, if you're going to take VC money, you're most likely not going to stay the founder CEO forever. It's just obvious. Um, so you have to know before you go out and try and get funding, you know, what, uh, you know, what positive and negative consequences come along with that. Bootstrapping all in, in and of itself is extremely difficult as well. Now, I'm, my story is that you know my wife and I were only married a few years, and we you know I, I promised her I said look we didn't have any kids yet, and I said, uh, hon I'm going to try and start a business. I've got this idea. She gave me total full trust, but I promised her I said if I cannot support our family I'll, just on my own income, by the time we have our first kid, I'll go get a job and I'll quit everything. Because we wanted our family situation, we she wanted to, and we had agreed she wanted to be home with kids and whatnot. So I said, if if I cannot support our family, I will quit and go get a job. Because I knew as a sales guy, I could go sell whatever and I'd be fine. So 14 months into the business, 14 months I had not taken a single paycheck, because we were lucky enough to live off of my wife's income because we didn't have any kids. Hmm. And on the 14th month, my son was born. Wow. That's when I took my first paycheck. So, I, I mean, amazing miracles happen, right? Yeah. And that was a, that was a miracle. You kept reinvesting your money back into the company. Every dime. I was able to hire better people. I was able to get better technology. I was able to put more into you know what really mattered. Uh-huh. Now, and, and, of course, even on that 14 months when I did take my first paycheck, it was nothing, enough to barely squeak by, you know. And, and uh, so it's, it's something as a bootstrapping entrepreneur, you have to understand that you have to make certain sacrifices. But just hopefully, if anybody's listening out there, just don't throw your family under the bus. If it's not working and you haven't been able to support your family for, 
you know, X number of times, your X, let's say it's a few months, it's a year, whatever you determine as your family, you got to be smart and keep your family going. That, that's just my personal, you know, yeah, uh, feeling it's like behind the, that. The whole reason for the motivation is to take care of your family, and then next thing you know, if your family's falling apart because of it, then you're, it's counterproductive, isn't it? You know, absolutely. And real quick, I think we should actually uh, define bootstrapping. I, I don't think we've ever done that on any of the shows that we've done because some people maybe still be wondering how are they starting a boot store or a strap <laughs> store? <laughs> hey, that's that's a good point. That's good. Do you want me to take a shot at sure, it? Sure, go for it. So, in my mind, what bootstrapping a business means um, is where an entrepreneur does not go out and get any type of funding from you know investors we'll just keep it as clean and easy as that bootstrapping means that you are funding the business from your own pocket um i wouldn't necessarily exclude banks but obviously banks right now are most likely not going to to fund a startup but uh, you know I, I think that if you don't do not take money from investors and uh, you do it from your own either client revenue or from your own pocket to me that is what a bootstrapping entrepreneur does Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so, a good definition. We need to ask, though, is what is um, – well, how can people find you now? Sure. So we're here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're hiring like crazy. We need 20 people before the end of this year. So we're, Wow. <laughs> if you're in Salt Lake and you're listening, come knock on our door. Um, launchleads.com. That's the best place to find us on, and to, to be able to reach out to us. You can also, of course, you can go to my Twitter profile. It's at Brant Page. That's B-R-A-N-D-T-P-A-G-E. I'm happy to, to respond to anything on Twitter. LinkedIn, I'm a huge LinkedIn fan. You know, find me on LinkedIn. Love to connect, um, you know, and swap stories or if you, uh, you know, whatever it is. LinkedIn, just find me up as Brant Page. Uh, but, of course, the website to find the company, launchleads.com, uh, is the best place. For careers, if your people are looking for the jobs, just simply email careers at launchleads.com. That's fantastic. Well, and lastly, we have to ask our question that we ask all of our guests, Brant, and that is, can you give us one book that our audience must read? <laughs> <laughs> only you know, one, I, only one. <laughs> I love business books, I, and I have to admit, I am a horrible reader. Me too. I love audiobooks, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like you. We love that. <laughs> so here, here's the one exception I have to admit. Here's a, here's a local guy who has been a venture capitalist for a long time. Um, this concept, uh, the book is called, so I'll just start with the book is called Nail It, Then Scale It. The authors are Nathan Furr and Paul Alstrom. The little subtitle is The Entrepreneur's Guide to creating and managing breakthrough innovation. Nice. Wow. And I like it. The reason that I think this is, it's hot off the press. These guys just published, I think, a few months ago. I was able to meet with Paul Alstrom. What a great guy. He's, he ran a venture, one of the largest venture capital firms here in Utah for a long time. He's now got the largest venture capital firm in Mexico. He's uh, seen kind of a Impressive. green, wow. he's seen the green pastures in Mexico and has taken taking his expertise there. But the book Nail It, Then Scale It follows the three principles we talked about, sell, design, build. Because if you can nail your business first and then grow it, you'll be in a much better position. So anyway, I, 
it's you know it's it's not a guy Kawasaki. It's not good to great. It's something that's hopefully a little more unique yes. uh, to somebody that wants to pick it up and, and really take their business to the next level. That's perfect because usually we do say that something that maybe everyone hasn't heard of. So I think that's a perfect one for our audience. It is. You're listening to the Dream Job Radio Show. Our special guest has been Brant Page. He's the founder and CEO of Launched Leads. He's also uh, won several awards when it comes to being an entrepreneur. But we thank you so much for joining us on our show, Brant. Hey, thanks a ton for having me, guys. Loved it. It was a blast. Wow. Excellent advice for young entrepreneurs. That's right. And really any age entrepreneur. Well, for young, right? Well, I don't like to talk about age. <laughs> it's a sensitive subject. <laughs> well, who's on for next week? Next week, we have a very exciting show featuring Jeremiah Sullivan discussing growing your business with new media strategies. So be sure to watch out for that. Jeremiah is with Framework Media Strategies. So find out more about him at frameworkmediastrategies.com and be sure to tune into the show. Absolutely. Until next week, though, this is Daniel Laxton's. And this is Leah Laxton's. And this is the Dream Job Radio Show. Do you want to do what you want? Do you want better money? Welcome to Dream Job Radio.